So welcome everyone to our uh, next episode of Browsing Security, which is our uh, funny name for the podcast of Layer X. Uh, today with me uh, is Steve, and we're about to talk about the browser edge versus the network edge. Am I right? Yes, looking forward to the conversation, Or. So Steve, maybe introduce yourself, even though you're a very well-known uh, CISO and security executive. Oh, yeah, so my name is Steve Zalewski. Uh, most folks know me as the former CISO at Levi Strauss, where we made jeans. And my tagline there always was, tell me how security sells more jeans, which I think is one of the things we'll be talking about today. Um, I've spent about 20, 25 years in security in various verticals and retail, uh, retail healthcare, uh, large utilities. And then the first half of my career, I actually sat on your side, or and I built product for enterprise. And then last couple of years, I've I've kind of moved out of the operating role, and now I I'm an advisor for Layer X, and I generally am working with the industry to address what I see as some of the systemic problems with the security industry. So we're you were talking about systemic uh, challenges in security, and you were talking about uh, helping sell more jeans. So maybe that will be a way to start our conversation. Uh, why should security help sell more jeans? So I, I view the world as there are three types of CISOs and therefore three types of ways that, that products are being built. The first type of CISO is the one that came up as a technologist, works for the CIO, and his job is to secure the company. His job is to make sure that his company is not breached and he will basically create as much friction in business process as necessary to make sure that we are secure. But you can see that creates a real challenge. The second type are the ones that understand that they can't just make people do what they want to be secure. And most large companies understand that. So now we're going to talk about risk. We're going to talk about how do I prevent, detect, respond, recover to threats on the cyber side, which means now I'm negotiating with the lines of business as to how much friction I can introduce, okay? How tightly can I secure the company? But really what I'm doing is protecting the business. I'm making risk adjustments. And then the third type are the ones where I talk about here. It's to enable the business. My job is to sell more jeans. Security is there to limit the likelihood that the company will sustain damage to the business processes that generate revenue. And so therefore, what I'm really doing is an insurance conversation about how much security do we need against for the key lines of business and their threats where a dollar spent on security is more is better spent than a dollar on a marketing campaign for or to buy skinny jeans. Interesting. So it means that you take risks and you accept the fact that there will be that there may even be incidents, but the important is, uh, thing is to prioritize so those incidents will not uh, take and turn into a net negative for the organization. But you say on the other side. Uh, sometimes too much security is just a constant denial of service, and the business cannot cannot survive. Correct. And in for us, what that means as security practitioners in your companies, as CISOs in companies, is are you a cost 
or are you a value? Okay, because as long as security is a cost center that I just have to pay you for audit and compliance, you're a cost center and I have to manage cost. If you're a business enabler and you're here to protect my company against the attacks and the threats that are coming in, that's a business risk conversation. And now you have a seat at the table with every other line of business. And that's the transition. Interesting. So that actually brings us to the topic of today's call, the browser edge versus the network edge. Uh, Steve, I will be honest and say that you picked the topic and I really like the agenda, uh, but it brings a lot of questions. First of all, why is it this or the other? Why are they relative to each other? And then what are the differences? Yes. And so the reason why I brought this topic for us to talk about is because I think there's a shift that's going on in the industry. We're only 20, 25 years old. We've been consistently maturing. And I think what we're seeing is we're at another stage of maturation. Just like I talk about from a security practitioner and the role that they have in the company and how they view the world. Well, when I look at traditional security controls, and I look at the network edge and the ability to block where I'm looking at ports and protocols has historically been the way we accomplish the protection of our business for interaction with something else, right? And that's network. But then when I look at the browser edge, what the browser edge is really talking about services now. It's not talking about where the edge of my network is in my firewalls, okay, and my routers and my switches. It's an appreciation that the business is looking at services, okay? So therefore, how do I integrate two business processes to be able to let information flow? Because it's mandatory for me to be able to sell more jeans. Can't say no, you have to say yes. But in saying yes, how do I manage the risk? What protection can I provide? And more and more, since this is a SaaS world, because that's how we're doing everything, then the browser is the logical place for all of these services to be able to get more granularity in being able to adopt to the business requirements, which is why I thought this would be such an interesting conversation because the browser edge is not the browser edge. It's where more and more of the business services logically transition through so that I have an opportunity at that layer to be able to introduce controls that may not be as effective if I look at the network edge. So that brings up a few questions. First of all, does it mean that there are new use cases or is it that uh, those solutions just stopped working and performing well? Um, yes. And I think it's both. And there's no one size fits all. Okay? Because for many companies that have a traditional on-prem presence, the client, okay, um, traditional deployments, SaaS is a hybrid opportunity for them. So they still have to meet the needs of all of the traditional business applications, but they need to adopt to the hybrid SaaS that they're introducing. And that's an example where your network edge that you have today with firewalls works well, but isn't necessarily flexible enough 
is you're now routing information from your service edge that's through the browser. You need better visibility, better context, deferred context, or you don't want to look at ports and protocols. You want to look at a business application or an identity. And so there's this logical place that gives you more flexibility. But you need to do it in a way that doesn't disrupt all of your existing security controls. Uh, you don't want to rip and replace, and you hate to add more, but what you want to do is align that incremental capability with the lines of business that are generating revenue so that what you can do from a security practice, practitioner's perspective is meet the new flexibility needs of the business without doing major rip and replace or adding substantial new capability you're targeting it towards where the business value demands it. Interesting. So uh, if I try to bring it to my own words, if an organization got a company Google Drive, but an employee also got a personal Google Drive, suddenly there, we have traffic that for the firewall is same thing. That's a user, that's Google Drive. We see some encrypted traffic, but actually here could be a data which is either confidential or not. The identity can vary between the company identity or in the personal identity. Suddenly everything changes while the host name is still the same host name, it's the same port, the same protocol, uh, even the same IP range. So it doesn't really, really matter, but everything in the line, everything in the tunnel has changed. That is an excellent use case. And it's one, and this is when we talk about the business drivers. One of the things that COVID did. Was working from home transition to working from everywhere. So it's no longer an eight to five job. Okay. It's continuous. But because more and more, this is all SaaS applications we're using, more and more people are using their business personas and their personal personas interchangeably in meeting the needs of their business. And it's not wrong. It's not that we need to tell them stop doing it. It's that in the expectations of you're out at a soccer game and you're trying to be responsive to your manager or to your client, and it may be in a moment of not thinking you've logged in using your personal persona or you're sending email from your personal account because you did a copy and paste of the text, okay? Mistakes happen. And we can either try to tell people to stop making mistakes and that's going to be problematic because humans just make mistakes. Or we acknowledge the new ways of working, and that's what we're doing here, and be able to introduce additional capabilities to be able to manage that risk. And your use case is a primary example of this. So, so that brings another interesting question. Is this a challenge only of like the, the 5% of cloud-first organization? Or is it something that also hybrid organizations experience? In other words, when does it start to be painful? Okay, I'm going to use an analogy for this. Sure. I'm going to say, if you have you have a house, you're married, and you have kids. Okay, some households have no children. Some have one child. Some have ten. Okay. And you have a lock on your doors that's about three and a half feet high and a doorknob. And you unlock the door and you can leave. Okay. Well, at some point, if you have a child 
whether it's one or 10, they're going to get tall enough that they can unlock that door and leave. Okay. So what do you do? Do you replace the entire door and put a stronger lock on with biometrics or something else to thwart that child and all subsequent? Or do you put another lock on that's about three feet taller that you can reach and he can't? And you've deferred the problem for another three or four years, but you've effectively addressed the need of protecting the child, or in this case, your company, without dramatically changing the security and the cost to be able to do that. And I would say what we're seeing now is hybrid versus full SaaS. Once you have a child, doesn't make any difference how many, how do you do this cost-effectively addressing the risk, not the, the security? Yeah, so uh, I'm smiling because I think for some people, effectively using the analogy, there are some CISOs that would replace the house or even the child. So they say, oh, it's only one child that get to the lock. So it's just only, it's only one app. So let's just ban it entirely. Let's all not use Dropbox in the organization. And then, okay, Dropbox in SharePoint and Google Drive and OneDrive. And suddenly all your kids get to the lock and you, you replace all the kids or you replace the entire house. Um, meaning that it's not very, very workable. And based on what they say, today the shift happens really, really fast. By the way, this is what we also saw in surveys, that the main difference is between full on-prem organizations to both hybrid and all SaaS. The differences in the approach on SaaS uh, activity, it's actually business being operated over the web, is not that different between hybrid or in cloud-first organizations. And actually, we find over time that hybrid organizations have more appetite for security in depth than cloud-first organizations. Because I don't know, maybe because cloud-first organizations sometimes don't have networks. Everything is different. But for hybrid organizations, they have to protect both the network, both the browser-ish, um, different environments. They can, on one hand, have like a very modern SaaS application, and on another device, there will be an explored uh, browser on Windows XP communicating with a PLC that's in a factory. Everything is there. They got everything. It's kind of interesting. Um, so, so we talked about the importance. We talked about the barriers. Um, let's talk about the benefits. So why should someone consider browser the browser edge on top of the network edge? And what is the benefit, the positive benefit for the business? Uh, yeah. So we've been kind of circling around this concept of, do I just tell the business no, because security is what I do? Or do I have to say yes to the business? And in saying yes, I have to have a conversation with them around what protection I can put around the business processes that they require and what I can't. So they understand from a risk perspective how risky, okay, this new avenue to generate revenue is versus my ability not to secure that revenue, but to protect that revenue. And therefore, there is risk that they have to accept. There's risky behavior that I may not be able to do anything about, but they've deemed it mandatory in order to be able to meet our revenue goals to sell more jeans. Okay. That's the mindset of the conversation. And so once you think about it that way, then 
as we've talked about the fact that fundamentally what we're doing is we're moving data between two points, business data, consumer data, personal data, doesn't make a difference. We're moving data between two points where the network edge isn't necessarily the best place to be able to determine if the movement of that data is appropriate, whether it was either maliciously or accidentally not allowed, but can I manage the context to understand whether to allow that data to move? And what we're really saying here is more and more, it's moving through the browser. The services of exchanging data are just simply moving through to your browser because they're all SaaS apps with microservice APIs, okay? Or they're not even SaaS apps, they're SaaS services, Lambda functions, right? Storage functions, it doesn't make any difference. And so what we're really saying is, as the business is moving that way, and my network edge is morphing to my network edge almost being my asset edge, every asset has an edge that I have to manage. Then when I look at that solution, the browser starts to become the local place that I can enforce controls for more and more of these business application requirements. That's all it is. So it's just a, an appreciation for how the flow of data is changing in the larger environment and realizing this becomes a new nexus as a policy enforcement point and a policy decision point to determine whether the data should flow and it has much more context. And so therefore I'm able to implement protection for that business process where otherwise I couldn't. And so in my mind, right, it's not that it's better than something else or that it replaces something else. It's really an incremental responsibility we have for how the business is moving data that what we want to do is leverage what we have and realize how do we add additional visibility and control without substantially ripping apart everything we have in place, because especially in a hybrid environment, I need it for other things. But it's it's not a one-size-fits-all conversation anymore. There's some flexibility we have to introduce. And so how do we do that logically? And that's what I think this conversation really is, is it's not about replacing your browser. It's not about replacing your network edge. It's about realizing what the business is doing and how do we kind of elegantly add my defense in depth to be able to address the business need. And as a byproduct, I may be able to find some efficiencies in my other security controls. But fundamentally, what I have to do is address the effectiveness of my ability to protect my company versus simply secure my company. So that brings another question. Let's say that uh, comes a CISO and says, well, I got budget for one of the two, either for network edge or browser edge. I can't afford both. Um, and then they'll say, well, but the browser edge is only 90% of my business. Sure, I'm getting more security for that one, but uh, the network edge is, uh, in my mindset, is a poor security for 100%. Uh, and then he's, uh, he's actually in a real dilemma. What to do because it goes across prioritization budgeting. Uh, so what would you tell that CISO? Um, no two CISOs will come to the same decision. 
no two companies have the same requirements on their CISO. So what I when I mentor other CISOs with my experience, what I tell them is do what you think is right for how you position what your responsibility is to either secure or protect your company. Okay. So if you believe that the 90% at the network edge is the most efficient and or effective, go for it because it's all about risk management. That's all it is. Okay. And so therefore, in the mind of a CISO, it's not that this is his only problem. This is one of a hundred he's got, and he's trying to manage the risks. So what I always say is don't try to convince a CISO to do this. Give the CISO the opportunity to understand the risks and let him decide on what he wants to do, okay? Because it might be the right decision for the next six months, and then his threat vectors may change, okay? And as a consequence, he has to adapt as well. And therefore, what you're doing is you're building his toolkit. So he's aware of what tools he has, and it's up to him to decide when to use them. And so that's the true challenge we're all facing, right, is simply what are the tools and when is the time to use them? And just, you know, if I only have a sledgehammer, okay, and I got to pound in a nail, okay, I'll pound in that nail, but it'll be a little ugly. And so, therefore, I want to give them a hammer as well, okay? And so, the right set of tools for the right tasks is really what we're doing here. And so, when I talk, that's why I say, which was, if from an audit and compliance perspective, say what you do, do what you say, generate the evidence, and that's what primarily drives you, then the network edge solution may be appropriate, okay? If what you're realizing is the business wants to double in size and to do this, they have to change the way that they're doing business and the business processes are introducing additional risk and the network edge solution may not be adequate, then introduce your service edge at the browser if it's all SaaS. And what you've done is cost-effectively managed the threat that's facing your company. So your effectiveness at managing the threat becomes more important than the efficiency of the, the cost of the product. So I'll tell you what we see among uh, customers and prospects. We see three kinds of answers. The first one is, um, I'm exhausted. Things don't work, especially on the large enterprises. Everything that I try to push in pushes something else out. So it's nearly impossible to grab everything. So what they want is to get the maximum value of security with the minimum overhead. So uh, that's a tool that fits me. We have another group of CISOs that say, well, it's impossible to control everything and I need to be very efficient. So if I'll just lock down the remaining 10%, I'll just turn my business browser-based and then my 90% will grow to become 100% and I save money, save resources. And most employees won't even notice. That's the second one. The third one that I like the most is CISO saying, well, yeah, but with the network edge, you don't really get 100% security. Because uh, as one CISO said to me, you gradually exclude the internet step by step because the network edge cannot examine a lot of different applications. So we are talking about uh, mutual certificates, mutual TLS. Uh, we're talking about DNS over HTTPS. 
and nearly every progressive web app. So when we see that there is a trend of things gradually becoming in invisible, you know, it used to be websites, a couple of like 10, 15 years ago, half of the web was not even encrypted. Today, everything is TLS 1.3 and obfuscated on top of that. So when we look at that, do you think that there will be a point in time where people say, well, firewalls don't do anything, kill the proxy? Is there a chance that that will happen in the next couple of years? Or will there be like a hybrid reality in which people understand that they just must have both? So because <clears throat> no two people think the same way, and I, and I joke, I say, if you ask two people for their opinions, you'll get four opinions because you're constantly balancing a set of inputs and trying to determine at this point in time what the right answer is for you. And this is why I go back to, you know, it really depends upon the individual and a good answer today may not be the best answer tomorrow because unlike many other functions, we are adapting to attacks. We don't have control over our destiny because the business is telling us what they want to do and the attackers are telling us what they want to do. Okay. And we have to adapt to both. So it isn't this opportunity for us to be able to say, hey, look, we see the network edge eventually deprecating to the point where it isn't that important. It'll always be important. And so the, the challenge then what we have here is for the CISOs to understand what's interesting, what capabilities of people, process, and technology can we introduce that are interesting to them so that we're either giving them an opportunity to understand how to solve a problem that they have today or introducing an opportunity for them to think about how they might solve a, a new problem that they don't know how to solve or to how to solve an existing problem a different way that will impact either the efficiency or the effectiveness of their capability as a CISO in their company to either secure the company or protect the company, depending upon what they deem is the mandate that they have. And so this is why when we have these conversations about rip and replace, or this is better than something else, why I say it's interesting versus important, okay? We have 4,000 companies building product. We don't have 4,000 unique needs. What we have is this giant toolkit now. And what we're trying to do more and more is talk about secure your company or protect your business and what that risk versus security looks like. And based on that mandate, what are the right tools to use to build the house and the locks and the doors and the flexibility to decide how you're going to adapt as your kids get older? So you're you're willing to 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 just build the houses in a way that fits your needs, and you don't care how houses were built in the past because you you just think that needs are changing. My question is: Does it take courage to do that, or is that actually a necessity for the CISO role? Because you mentioned it, the reality changes. If you use the house, which was a, a best of breed ten years ago, maybe today it's outdated, insecure even. Right. And so, and I'm going to stay with the house analogy, which is anybody that has a house, okay, houses get old. They need to be periodically updated, okay, because things get old. 
We all know that. You buy a 30 or 40 year old house, you're constantly updating it. But here's the key. When you do a major renovation and rip out the plumbing, that's disruptive to the whole company, okay? As opposed to what you oftentimes do, you oftentimes just rip and replace parts of the plumbing because you're going to leave the rest alone because even though you'd like to, and it's better overall, the impact to the business is too high. The impact to the family to not have a bathroom for a week is just too high. And so you're going to make changes. And that's really what we're saying, which is when you build the new house, you're building it for this point in time with the requirements you have, requirements change, technology changes, and that's really a better analogy is. And so we have these houses of different age. We have kids of different ages. And this is my way of simply saying, this is what we're trying to balance. Mm -hmm. And so when we're looking at technology, that's why I say it's people, process, and technology, because it's not just that I have better PVC pipe, okay? It's do I have PVC pipe and all the associated uh, uh, components with it that in six hours or four hours or two hours, I can replace some part of my house? Or do I get a door that's pre-hung so that I can just rip the old door and frame out? Or do I just get the door and then have to cut for the hinges? Again, it really depends. And that's you know ultimately why I say in the mind of a CISO, this is how we have to operate. And so therefore, the need of my of my business, right, and how I'm declaring success or demonstrating success is the difference between interesting and important. Understand. So we are getting near the end of the podcast. Uh, let's say there is a CISO in the audience that got convinced and uh, wants to start his journey with the, the browser edge. Now, that person probably uh, got convinced about a balance, prioritization, time to value. So they would look for quick wins. What would you recommend them to focus really in security use cases? Where do you think that would fit in the best in their organization in a way that will allow them to get efficiency or granularity the fastest? So this gets back to, are you building a new house? Or are you in an existing house and I have to retrofit? That's, to me, the core, okay? To if I have got a new company and it's all SaaS, many of them are, or I'm a SaaS company, you know what I mean, where everything is in, and I kind of have Greenfield, then Browser Edge gives me a lot more flexibility going forward to adapt. So in essence, it's building a lock that's on a slider that can go from three feet to six feet. So I can actually just move the slider. I don't have to replace the lock. Okay. That's where everybody wants to get to the simple answer. And this is why we say, which was hybrid versus full SaaS. And at what point are you in the introduction of the security controls gives you the flexibility as to what you can do. And so to me, I'm like, if I'm coming out new, the browser edge for the majority of the services is right there. And so therefore, that'll give me the most flexibility with plugins to not have to rip and replace browsers, to not have to live with some of the limitations of the other security controls, which I may still lay down. But my defense in depth and compensating controls conversation is what we're really having here for me to be able to determine how deep 
and how wide the controls have to be against the risks that I'm trying to address and the expectations that the company has on me. So this is why I think this, you know, the browser edge conversation is, that's why I said is it's, it's browsers versus networks is a way to think about where the edge is. But the browser is not the edge. It's services that we're really trying to do. And the browser has a lot more services working through it at a higher level in the stack. And that gives me a lot more flexibility to address the business needs to either secure or protect, but in a balanced way. So that's for the greenfield organizations. And uh, if a CISO gets to an organization that's already there, so there is some legacy. You cannot put a new base for the pyramid, but then what? You take it to places in which the efficiency is the most important or influential. So let's talk about a minute for, for how a CISO is perceived and security for a minute, because security is the office of no. It's been said a thousand times, right? Everybody thinks of security is they're going to tell me what I can't do. That's it. It's our job. But more and more, what you're realizing is we have to be yes men. We have to say yes. We can't say no. We have to say yes. But we have to say yes. And here's my ability to protect the business against these threats if this is what you want to do, as opposed to you're only allowed to do this and, and like it or not, that's it. That change in conversation is what's happening more and more. And so as much as we like to look at technology and be able to say one size fits all, this is what we keep coming back to. It's an appreciation of the maturation of the thinking that the security practitioners have to have to succeed in order to meet the needs of the business. And another way to say this is, hey, look, ransomware attacks in the last three years have exploded. And yet we as an industry are really suffering because we can't stop the attacks. In spite of all the money we're getting and all the people and new technology, we are not stopping the attacks. Well, to a certain extent that says from an executive's perspective, Steve, we just gave you all these people and all this money and you haven't stopped the attacks. So either you don't know what you're doing or what you're doing doesn't work. What do I do now to be able to move forward? Okay. Neither of those is an acceptable for solution long term for me staying in that company. And therefore, we have to do something different to account for that. This conversation around browser edge and network edge really is an acknowledgement of an introduction of additional technology for services to hopefully allow us to be able to corral this exploding ransomware and this exploding, you know, compromise. And what I say is, I remind people, most bad guys don't break in, they log in, okay? Human is the weakest link in most of the attacks. A human is eventually compromised at some point for the attacks to be successful. So given that that's true, that's identity and access management, that's context for authentication and authorization, okay? That is extended now, not just to humans, but to non-human assets. 
And so where do I have the majority of the context? At the network edge or at the browser edge to be able to include all that, to be able to do a better real-time analysis to determine if the policy to allow that data should or should not flow. And that is where it's going. So that's where when I look at it from a browser edge perspective, I say, regardless of how you get to the browser edge, that is what the services are requiring. And this is what the business is mandating. And this is how the attacks are occurring. And this is how limited our existing capabilities are. So what do you want to do? Some will just continue to live with what they have. Others are adapting to the conversation we're having. So it's kind of like saying, and I guess that uh, most people would agree, uh, your next breach would definitely will include an employee and would probably include a browser. It won't be everything. Your employee will not be the best actor, but will be the best supporting actor of the next breach. Well said. All right. So I think we got to today. And Steve, I want to thank you very much for your time and uh, wisdom. It's a, uh, it's very educating. And uh, eventually, I really think that, you know, if there was a one size fit all, everything was already solved. But you said it yourself. It's a very chaotic world. You don't know what your business executives want tomorrow and what the bad guys will want the, the day after. So we just need to adapt. And this is why technologies change, organization change. The lock that was a state of the art a couple of years back now is being opened by your by your kids. And you know what? Even when uh, when your kids stop breaking into doors, you got a cat, and you know the cat can get into every lock. And maybe that's in your APT in your in your analogy. Uh, and I couldn't agree more. Uh, so just to wrap it up, uh, Lyrix is a browser security company. We provide a platform that turns any browser, augments any browser into uh, the most secure and manageable workspace. And to put it simply. 90% of the business today is being operated over the browser and there is no enough visibility and governance into that part of the business. With Lyrix, you can augment, uh, enable, provide more value, more flexibility, and just putting off a few weights and adding more security to the organization. Steve, thank you very, very much for being a part of this show today. Uh, and we'll see you soon enough in Black Hat. Yes, looking forward to it. And for all of you listening, Hopefully what you've heard is me representing you, right? To be able to understand as a security practitioner, as a seller of technology or as a CISO or as an architect, the different challenges that we have. So as a community, we're all looking at this through common lens. Not that we get a common answer, but through a common lens so that we focus on protecting all of our businesses against common enemies. So thank you or for the opportunity to hopefully represent to the community the, the ways of thinking that we have to do, open the eyes to what's interesting and important. The pleasure is all mine, Steve. Thank you very, very much.